You're listening to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show presented by SuperOps.ai, where we go behind the scenes with today's top MSP owners and experts and get to know what they are really doing to evolve their business. Hi, welcome to SuperPod, the no-filter MSP show. I'm Arvind Patiban, your today's host, and I have a very special guest in today's episode. He's the CEO of TechPro Marketing, a marketing agency built thoughtfully for the MSPs. Marketing for MSPs is a different ballgame, and Nate Fredman has mastered it over the years. He has worked with various MSPs and helped them reach not just a million dollars, or even better, has helped MSPs scale their revenue through an integrated approach to marketing. He's very active in social and a marketing guru in the MSP world. Welcome to SuperPod, Nate. Thank you so much. Excited to be on SuperPod, Arvind. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Yeah, excited time to be an MSP marketer. I think the beginning of the year is when like every business wants to do something about their IT. So January is a fun time to be MSP marketing. It's better than like July for sure. <laughs> nice, nice. I'll jump right into the question I think pretty much everybody would have been asking you. We had a, a rough 2020 and it looks like the pandemic is almost over and there is some light in the tunnel. But the million dollar question right now is marketing post pandemic. How do you see it evolve? Like what will stay? What will change? Like I'm sure like many would have asked you this question. I'm like my curious myself and how things are going to change. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, fortunately for MSPs, I'm, it was one of the industries where you know, it create maybe created a little more work for MSPs where businesses did have to get ready for work from home. But I don't think MSPs were immune to their clients shutting down, you know, their clients scaling back. So I do think for a lot of MSPs, especially ones that maybe are in some areas where the industries got hit worse, you know, if you're an MSP focusing on restaurants and that's what you do, I don't know that many MSPs who do that, but that would be an interesting niche if you're doing that. That would have been a tough year. I think a lot of MSPs, this has helped in a lot of ways. And I think coming out of it from a marketing perspective, I feel like we're in a better position than we ever were before because a lot of the tactics that you know work well for MSPs using a social media like LinkedIn, right? Me, me and you, we've been on LinkedIn. We're having fun on there. Like A lot of people are doing that now. LinkedIn's growth, we can look at kind of what the numbers are over the past year, but it's become way more active and it's become a better place for MSPs to generate leads. So yeah, I mean, I think there's been some challenges. I think especially if if you lost your if you lost a portion of your client base, that's going to be really hard for MSPs. But I think in the meantime, IT has come to the forefront a little more in terms of what business owners are thinking about. They all know the importance of IT because they've gone through this stressful shift to, you know, just sudden shift to work from home. So I think if you're an MSP, like the strategies, you got to adapt to them. You know, it's going to be a little different now, but I think the opportunities are actually probably greater than they were before. And we're seeing like for our clients and the way that we do our MSP marketing, we're doing better. This is like the best time for us that we've had. So I'm, you know, yeah, unfortunately for a lot of industries, but I think IT, we did good. Awesome. Awesome. And I also saw this pattern of in the MSP world, the marketing usually used to be more face-to-face, right? It's about going and spending time having lunch and wine kind of face-to-face, small meetups. It was a traditional way of marketing was very, very powerful in the MSP world. And I think pandemic has accelerated marketing in a way where everybody started moving 
more content, more social platform. And I think these event-based marketing has taken a backseat. What do you think about that? I agree. I mean, I think that people are now less patient for things like that. People are more excited about productivity and they don't necessarily want to have meetings anymore. People just want to do a a Zoom call. They just want to do a phone call, whatever's more convenient. But I don't think people want to travel that much anymore. So I'm totally with you on that. Like, I think that was a trend that was really building up for a long time anyway. And it's even something from like the beginning of like Google search, you know, like in just the way that the B2B buyer has changed over the years that maybe something like 30 years ago, like all business is getting done on a golf course. And like, that's where it gets done. And then maybe, you know, 20 years ago, it's like, oh, I can just find somebody and see what happens on Google, you know? And I think nowadays B2B buyers, you know, decision makers at IT decision makers at companies there, they know how to do research. They want to do research. They want to understand the issues that they're going to face. And it's less of kind of trusting the person I like and know. It's more, you know, let me find the right person for me and definitely still have to make sure that I know I can trust them. Yes. And that's also very interesting. Like when that's a consultative selling, right? Where, as you said, we have sales for people having a meeting and trying to do handholding onboarding and heavy lifting will be done by the sales. I think now marketing takes the front seat and your website became much more important, right? People come searching to you. They look at your content, look at your ad, they come to your website and website became much more powerful in the recent days. And I've also been reading a lot about your posts and I'm very curious, like if you were to give some examples or like essential elements to build a good MSP website, what will that be? Like what are the most important elements in a website? So this is kind of my personal belief, just kind of what I feel like after kind of thinking about this for a long time. Also, what I've seen through our clients, you know, we're managing a ton of MSP websites. We see who's getting contact form fills. And that's really the thing that we're trying to get is people fill out your contact form or call the phone number on that website and have them be actual leads, you know? So the ones that kind of perform the best and the the trends that I've noticed is number one, super clear call to action. I think that's one of the most important things. Fill out this form and we're going to be in touch within 24 hours to schedule a 15-minute introductory phone call. This is who you're going to talk to. This is going to be the agenda. So people feel safe and comfortable filling out your forms as opposed to call us and you don't know what's going to happen. You know, it's like, <laughs> do I, am I going to pick up the phone? Should I do it? I don't even know what's going to happen as opposed to something super clear and super easy. So make it easy for people to contact you. Along those same lines, I think having a reality-based personal touch to it. I know you want to be professional and have everything on your website be the highest standards, but I think if you don't mix in things that show that you're actually a real company, that you have real team members, I love the way you guys do it. I mean, your team members are so visible. It's like, yeah, we know exactly who Super Ops is. You know, I think that's a cool way to do it. I've seen MSP websites that are kind of too anonymous. It's like, ooh, these guys are fancy, but who are they really? You know what I mean? So I think you want to show who your actual company is. And I think, you know, in the most basic sense is you need pictures of your team members members. on your page. You know, if you have an office, you have to have pictures of your office, you know, no matter how grand it is or not, you know, get, get the photos professionally done and you'll make it look right. But have, you know, at the very least, you need a headshot of your CEO. You know, if you don't have that, it's like, People are going to be, who is this company? I also see people, they don't, the basic mistake, 
Like, right, MSP, we talked about it. It's a big, like, local business, you know, like, yes, you can service businesses all over the country. And there are definitely MSPs who run on that model of working, you know, across the US, Canada, or even, you know, across country borders. But I think a lot of the MSP market is still local. I think a lot of the businesses, this is just their culture is working with other local businesses. That's how they want to do it. So that bothers me when I see an MSV website and I'm like, where are they? I can't even find their address on the contact page. It's like, come on, let's just tell us who you are. You're not right for everybody. Don't worry if your website is not going to you know, resonate with somebody in Kansas City even, and you're in Toronto. And even though you could help them in some situations, just focus on the people who are really your most prime target. You know, and I think identifying that, that market is pretty important. You know, yeah, you don't want to have a pool that's too big, pond that's too big to fish in, that your message doesn't resonate, but you also want to have a pond that's kind of the right size for you to be the right size fish in it. So I think maybe sometimes, you know, yeah, I I said, what do you got to focus on? Yeah. Don't, I'm not saying just, I don't want to just tear down the people who don't put their address and don't have that. What I want to say is find the right size pool for your business and make sure that that target audience, like if you want to do the right thing, make sure that they're called out right from the very beginning, right? We help Toronto businesses, you know, let's whatever, you know, your uniques will let them do from an IT perspective. Uh, absolutely. I think the right word I'm looking for is the brand emotion. Like when we come into the website, we should be able to see who we are doing the business with, what are we dealing with, who are the people we are doing business with and should know the brand emotion as a company. And it's very, very important in the website. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it shouldn't resonate with everyone, you know? It's yes. impossible for it to resonate with everyone. It needs to resonate with your people and to people who are not your people. It has to be like, what is this? You know, like this doesn't even make sense to me. This is not something I want, you know, but when people who are the right fit for it, they make, like, yes, this is exactly what I want. So it should both turn off okay. people and excite people at the same time, you know, depending on who it is. Do you have any examples of good websites you've seen lately? Yeah. I mean, I can tell you one, we just we work with a client. There's somebody who's starting a new niche brand offering. This is something that's kind of cool. Someone who's actually trying to expand their business. They have a great local business and now they're starting a national brand. If you guys want to check out Robert's website, it's creativeit.agency. He's an MSP that works with creative agencies, ad agencies, things like that. We worked with them to put together something pretty special. So kind of all those elements that we talked about, like, yeah, it's on there. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So let me take a different question here. What is the number one mistake do you think an MSP commit when it comes to marketing? I think it's not committing, you know, and it's looking at things on too of short term of a scale. I think one thing you got to think about with MSP marketing is that, you know, there was a study by Dean Jackson, like the marketer, the, the famous marketer. He's done a lot of work in email marketing. And they did this study where they wanted to find out like, when people buy, at what point do they buy? And they, they set it up into kind of these four different scenarios. And the four scenarios were that within 90 days, there was 40% of the people who kind of filled out a form or expressed interest. Within 90 days, they made their decision. They said, yes, I'm going to outsource IT or no, I'm not. And that was 15% of the people say yes, and 25% of the people say no. But then the other 60%, they actually made their purchasing decision between 90 days and 180 days later. So actually, from the moment they expressed interest, they didn't make a decision within the first 90 days. 
35% said yes after the 90 days and before 180 days, and 25% said no. So really the area where it had the most prospects was people who were saying yes between 90 and 180 days after making their first contact. So for like an MSP, this is something where you might get a lead, right? And maybe they even fill out a contact form on your website. And they might say like, hey, I need a new MSP today. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to make the decision within the first 90 days. So if you can focus on this post 90 day period, if your goal of your marketing can be to build up your hopper, to get more and more people into your marketing system who are going to eventually become new customers. And in Dean Jackson's study, I think it was like a course or something. I don't remember exactly what they were selling, but as an MSP, your timeframes are going to be even longer. You know, like most MSPs, they want to get people on a three-year contract. So if you get a lead and they're in a year and a half into their contract, you could be waiting a year and a half, you know, even if you don't, even if they're going month to month, this is such a huge decision. People they want to switch when they're in a bad situation, but it's not something you want to do. You don't want to switch your IT company because who wants to go through an infrastructure project like that? It's something you wanted to make the right decision on. So it is something that people are going to spend more time making the decision. You know, So my thing for MSPs is like, if you start a strategy and then after 90 days, like I didn't get any new customers, don't necessarily look at that. Look at how many new prospects that I get into my system, right? Mm. And do I have people who are really going to close? Do they look like they're going to close even a year from now? What is the real opportunity on those? And I think focus on that and make your judgments on that. Because when you do have a long sales process like MSPs, you have to look at things a little differently and you can't focus so much on immediate results because it's not necessarily what you do last week that affects your results today. It could be something you did a year ago. If you're listening to SuperPod, the No Filter MSP show, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. It helps us bring more amazing guests, improve discoverability, and more importantly, acts as a push for our team to produce more quality interviews. Tweet or send us a screenshot of your review, and we have a surprise gift coming your way. I can't agree more, right? Like It's about making an impression. Sometimes subconsciously, you make an impression not necessarily they will take an action now, but when there is a need, they will definitely think about you. And it's a long-term game, as you said. I absolutely agree with you on that. Awesome. So let me ask you a different question. So if you were to measure that, like if you put it in a metrics, what would be the top three metrics you recommend as a marketer they should measure in a long term? Like top three metrics, not just leads, it's not just filling up the form. Other metrics they should see to measure so that they know that they're going in the right direction. Yeah. So you've got basically two types of metrics that you can measure. You've got lagging indicators and leading indicators. A lagging indicator is the one that you kind of, when you put the input in, it's the thing that you see last. So a new customer is like the ultimate lagging indicator. Okay. It's the last thing that you're going to see. What you want to focus on is yes, you're lagging indicators, like new customers. Of course you mentioned that, but everyone knows that. And then yes, you want to go back from there and you want to get how many sales qualified leads, how many people are kind of going to proposal that level. Then you want to see how many people are you're able to add into your marketing list who are going to say, Hey, reach out to me in 18 months or things like that. And those are all the kind of lagging indicators. I think what you want to try to figure out, and it's hard to do because in MSP, you actually have to close the, they have to close the loop once, you know, you have to go from marketing to 
to new customer at least once to understand, all right, my leading indicator here, right? My main strategy is cold calling, okay? And I call 200 people a week. And then you have to kind of do that for however long you're going to be, however long you're going to be doing this to kind of figure out like, okay, if I make 800 calls in a month, I actually end up with one new customer a month. And I think it's figuring out the relationship between your leading indicator, which is your input, your fuel, like your number of calls you're making or number of emails that you're sending or blog posts that you're doing, figuring out what is the relationship, the correlation to the lagging indicator, which I'm seeing and figuring that out as soon as possible so that you know what fuel you need to put in. So it's not necessarily, I think it depends on what strategy and tactic is right for your particular MSP. But I think the answer there is just focusing on your key leading indicators, not missing them. Awesome. Awesome. And if I were a new MSP who's entering the market now, and one of the things which as an MSP to get it right is the positioning on why clients should pick me, right? How, how I should position. Is it just based on the services I offer, a niche, maybe I am good in hospitality clients, right? That is a clear answer. But other than that, is there any other way you recommend MSPs to position themselves in the market, in the market? Like I am MSP from Boston, just the accessibility and availability. Is that an angle or just their niche in the services they're offering? Like, is there any other playbook which you recommend for positioning MSPs into the market? Yeah. Yeah. I think that the issue that you see with a lot of MSPs is they kind of ask themselves, what are my core values? You know, what are my three uniques and things like that? But what they end up doing when they do these is they come up with the same thing as everybody else, you know, and they don't know, you know, they don't understand why they're different. So I think if it, I think your question is like about like a startup MSP, I would say as a startup MSP is instead of focusing on kind of your core values, like, and coming up with them, trying to come up with them from scratch, I think it may be a little bit easier to focus on what's wrong with the market, focusing on what you stand against as an MSP, and then building your core values based on that. So that way people will clearly see who you are and they'll see that you're solving a problem in the marketplace. So it's like, if you kind of want to position yourself as something you want your branding, maybe it's you guys stand against slow response times, you know? And you just think like as a business, there's nothing worse you can do than waste your time waiting for an IT person to get back to you. So you guys have built your business on this model that you don't want anyone to waste time. You're against time wasting and you answer response requests in five minutes guaranteed. Like there's, it's never happened to you hundred percent rating or something. And that would be how you would differentiate yourself. So people see you, it's like, yeah. I have had to wait for 20 minutes once. That makes no sense. Like, why should I stop working for 20 minutes when the IT person, I'm paying them to be ready all the time, you know? And there's so many, you could literally stand against anything. Like it's, that's just one example I came with off the top of my head. But if you're standing up against something bad, I think you can make it easier to position yourself. And, you know, it's, it could be something that a lot of people feel you're not like necessarily niching down, but you are just kind of pointing out something that is strong. You feel strongly about. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And the follow-up to that is how do you bring that positioning messaging through all your content? Like, do you make sure is a way you get that message in all your content? And it's a two-part question. And again, when everybody are positioning in the same way, there is a content overload 
templated brochures, templated emails, templated content. Pretty much every MSP are using templated content and every client is used to getting that kind of content. Like, how do you recommend they stand out with their content activities, their emails, which they send? Is there a way you practice that approach? Yeah. So, I mean, I think the templated content, I don't think there's anything wrong with the concept of templated content. It just means using the same thing over and over. So if I got something great that's working for my friend's MSP business in Washington and in Washington, DC, and I'm in Seattle and he's got yeah. this thing that's working really great. Like, I don't think there's any reason why I need, would need to change it and possibly make it worse. But at the same time, I think the issue that we're seeing with a lot of the MSP in the MSP space is content that's just not relevant to business owners. You know, like the content is about like, oh, there's this new virus. Cybersecurity is so important. Everyone needs to upgrade Windows 10. And it's like, everyone needs to upgrade to Windows 10. And it's like, that's more of something that IT people care about. It's not necessarily something that business owners care about. So I just think like from a content perspective, if you want to stand out, whether it's templated content or not, like go look on LinkedIn, right? And see what types of posts are getting major reactions. They're posts about business, about philosophy, about training people, right? You want your MSP to stand out from content perspective, do an employee profile about how, not something about what they did from an IT perspective, about a customer relationship story that this employee did and say, I want to correct, congratulate this person on my team. They did this amazing customer service thing. Here's the thing they did. Here's the response they got. Everyone's going to be congratulating you. Wow, wish people are so important. Wish we had more people like that on our team. So proud of you guys. It could go viral. You get like 500 million likes. That's what MSPs care about. So the issue that I see with templated content is one, it's harder to make good content if it's templated because good content is real, you know? And it's like that story I mentioned, the way that if you wanted to template it, it would be more like, come up with this, you know, find a great customer service story from your business. So I do think the best content is is not templated, but at the same time, I think so much content that's templated yeah. has nothing to do with what, you know, small business and COOs and CFOs care about. It's really more about what IT people care about. So I see people, I just see that as a common thing is that like, I know security is important. It's like, maybe it is, but not the way that you're thinking about it. You know what I mean? You have to meet your prospects where yep. they're at. You know, that's what I call it is like, you need to be the bridge. You need to figure out what's the bridge between I'm sick of like spending time, like cleaning out my email inbox yep. to you need this email filtering software. You know, that's kind of your job is to build that bridge. So you don't want to talk about, you know, here's five great email filtering softwares and the five benefits of email filtering software. You want to say, here are five ways to spend less time cleaning your email inbox. You know, makes sense. No, it totally makes sense. And also, maybe a very interesting point of knowing your audience, right? It's about sending the right content or right mails to the decision maker or the person who's using the product, you should have a clear personalized way of writing content for the right audience. So it's very important to know your target audience. And even in the same organization, we tend to have different kind of target audiences. Yeah. So and, and you know what it is like for businesses like mine and yours, I do think this kind of one to many content is yep. very important. We're kind of like, we're not MSPs. So MSPs still need this one-to-many content, but I think MSP is a little bit of is more about this one-to-one -one content, you know, making sure that you're getting the right information to the right person at the right time, because 
you know, at, at least, you know, like an MSP, a lot of times you're going into these massive, you know, huge contracts and it's different from being a, you know, marketing agency, a software provider, things like that, where the contracts are different. The kind of relationship is different. It's not necessarily this kind of intimate business relationship where we become a part of your team in the same way that an MSP does to their clients. So I do think that you also have to consider how much one-to-one and versus one-to-many content. Absolutely. Awesome, Nit. I have a surprise rapid fire round. So where I don't oh. want you to think and just okay. say what comes first to your mind. And, you didn't uh, tell me about these in our, in our little <laughs> chat before the podcast. <laughs> that's my surprise. No, I don't want to think, right? So it's sometimes these are the answers which the people want to hear. And you being in marketing for so so many years, and I'm really curious to know what your answers are going to be. Right, are you ready go. for the first? Yeah, awesome. just jump in. All right. What is your biggest MSP marketing pet peeve? Biggest MSP marketing pet peeve is not selling. Being so much of like, hey, I just want to help. I, I want to understand your needs that when people clearly want to buy something, not recognizing that and not selling over networking. I can't even imagine. Should always be selling, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So if you were to recommend your go-to resource, like it can be a book or a blog or a podcast, which you often listen to or like favorite one, which we want to recommend to other MSPs, what would that be? That's a good one. I would say if you're starting up your MSP, I definitely recommend joining a community, something like the Tech Tribe, the SMB community with Carl Palachuk. I know there are a number of them out there. A lot of our clients are are happen to be part of the Tech Tribe, which I think is a, a great starting point for a lot of MSPs to give you a lot of resources. I think as you get a little bit bigger as an MSP, I think, I guess you might want to be focusing on a little bit more broader stuff. So I guess some of the stuff that I'm personally following could be applicable for MSPs. I would say just, you know what, just start with the tech tribe. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. All right. So this is much more personal. Your favorite restaurant in the US and your favorite restaurant in Taiwan. Okay, cool. So really good questions. You you just caught me (laughs) off guard. So right now I'm living in Taiwan. I've been here for about two years. My wife's from Taiwan. We decided to come here when we had our second child. So I am actually working from abroad, which is a cool thing, especially in this past year. It's been like, you know, really weird to a little bit, you know, be not in the US and be in an island, which is way less, was affected way less for the pandemic. So it was cool to be here and our kids were able to stay in school and things like that. So in Taiwan, my favorite restaurant is actually like a local vegetarian buffet. For me, I've personally been focusing on my health like for the past like year and a half. And I haven't been to the US in like two years. So I don't even know what restaurant I would go to or what I would eat when I go back to the US because I'm pretty much like trying to eat as much fruits and vegetables as possible. Interesting. All right. So which was your favorite event which you never missed every year, an MSP event or any marketing event which you used to attend before the pandemic and which you're looking forward in 2021 or 22. Totally. So my mentor is a guy named Brent Weaver. He's got an awesome podcast. It's, it is about business. It's about everything, but it is focused on marketing agencies. You know, My mentor is Brent Weaver. So we have a, an event every year in Denver and it is the it's called U Summit. It's a group of about like 200 agency owners like myself. We all go and meet up. I think that's super important, a three-day event. 
I was super lucky that actually I was able to go in February last year. So like I was there like right before everything shut down. So was able to get in less than a year ago. So hopefully we'll have another event this year. But yeah, you summit and you gurus, my community. Nice. All right. So this as a marketer, do you still prefer blogs or video podcasts? They both have their place. I think blogs, oh, video, let's just do it. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> we are on a bot podcast, so I think we have to choose podcast now. Awesome. So I have one last question for you. So we ask every guest who can superpod to recommend the next guest who should be in this superpod podcast. And if you were to recommend somebody else, who would it be and who you want to see in this podcast? Did you have Scott Miller on the podcast yet? Not yet. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Scott Miller. So he's done a lot of cool stuff. I want to hear more about kind of what he's been doing recently for his most success. I know video has been a huge part of what he's doing as well. So that would be cool to see. IT rock stars. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, Nate. It's really wonderful talking to you. I can't believe we spent almost 40 minutes, just flew by. And thank you for being part of this super part, the No Filter MSP show. And to summarize, this year is going to be a year of marketing and please be ready and give a shout out to Nate. He's a very, very active influencer in the MSP world. Thank you so much for being part of Superpod. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>